I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Sit, boo-boo, sit, boo-boo, sit. Girl, I do That's a bad hat, Andrew. It's a cool show. Not a doctor. Bye, have a beautiful from your life. Number out. Hello and welcome to Hunting Seasons, the podcast that dares to binge watch, deep dive and break down a season of television each and every episode. I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm Damask Leary. And today we'll be discussing season seven, aka the final season of Orange is the New Black. Damask Leary, how are you today? Quite well, thank you. I'm planning a trip to New Zealand for Christmas. That's very exciting. Have you been to New Zealand before? Never, ever. Really? Never, no. Do you... Yeah, go on. My housemate Joseph is from New Zealand, so I'm going to go over and meet his fabulous mother. I'm very excited about that. I've which, heard all the stories. Which part of New Zealand is he from? New Plymouth. I have no idea where I that is. I don't know where it is either. A, but... That was a mistake to ask that question. North <laughs> Island, South Island? I don't know. Let me Google it. Hold on. Okay, cool. Because I've got to say, as someone who's been over there once before. North Island. North. Where in the North Island? Near where? Let me click on the map. <laughs> <laughs> this is great podcasting. Uh, it's known the South Island is meant to be sort of the, you know, the better Ooh. of the two islands, theoretically. It's on the left-hand side tip. <laughs> Is it closer to Auckland or is it closer to Wellington? It's closer to Wellington. Oh, cool. Wellington's oh, great. No, it's actually like exactly halfway. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's a shame. Uh, no, that sounds cool. New Zealand is a great place. Yeah. Do you have anything, apart from meeting Joseph's wonderful family, is there mm. anything you would like to do while you're there? I mean, I'd like to go to Hobbiton, but I'm not going to make Joseph on his one trip of the year to go back to New Zealand. He doesn't have to go. You can just go on your own. I can't Jump go on, on my- a- Jump on a bus. It's a tour. It's a tour guide. You'll have a great time just wandering around Hobbiton by yourself. Yeah, but who's going to take photos of me doing cool stuff? Other people that are there. I don't talk to strangers. There's no way I'd ever ask a stranger <laughs> to take a photo of me. There'll be hobbits around. Ask a hobbit to take a photo. What? No, I don't think there's hobbits around. Oh, I thought you. <laughs> Gonna be so excited they had hired very short people to play hobbits. No, because that's the thing. That it's set to like it's made oh, to, scale. to scale. You're a oh, hobbit. Yeah. Everyone oh. there's a hobbit. Well, I need to pack a hobbit outfit then. <laughs> you do. Okay, all right. Seriously, though, you're in the right part of the country because it's in the North Island. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, so okay. you're in the right place. If you get a chance as well, I'd highly recommend, since you're there, going to Wellington and going to the Weta Workshop and just Wellington because Wellington's a pretty cool city. Mm-hmm. It's like the Melbourne of New Zealand in a way. I think we're flying, I think we're flying out of Wellington. Cool. So, so you yeah, can we'll get there. Spend some time there as well. Yeah. Definitely go to Hob- Hobbiton. Okay. It's great. You'll right. love it. You'll right. love it. Okay, cool. And then you I'll go. do that for you, Brad. How are you? <laughs> yeah, good, good. Uh, now just really happy reminiscing about New Zealand, really. Had a great time there. Hobbiton was fantastic. Mm. Wellington's a great city. Got mm-hmm. to go around uh, to uh, Milford Sound and lots of stuff. I don't Queenstown. Know what that is, went horse riding in the where they filmed the Edoras stuff from uh, the tw- Two Towers. Cool. Yeah, that was in the South Island. That actually might be one of my like travel highlights. Ever. ever. I've right. got this little clip, like a video I took while I was on the back of horseback mm. and just like you I can think see I've seen that. All mm. of us on on like like us and the rest of the, the crew for that day 
on horseback in the beautiful mountains, snow-capped mountains and like the grass. I was like, this is the fucking best thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> this is so cool. That's awesome. I'd go back there in a heartbeat. Like you're supposed to, this is right near um, Queenstown, which is meant to be where you do like thrill-seeking stuff, hang gliding, mm. bungee jumping, jet ski, I don't know, awesome stuff jet like ski. that. <laughs> and what do we do? Went for a nice little trot on horses. Good for you. Live your own wonderful. life, you know what I mean? All and right. that was a thrill, wasn't it, that you seeked? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I, yeah. I thrill I would re-seek. Like, you don't need to like want to vomit in order for something to be thrilling. Definitely you know not. What I mean? well, you know, we fought it. Like it had been raining the day before. There was got to ford the stream and it was came up to my thought. The water so everyone knows Brod is miming riding a horse <laughs> as he's talking. You can, can holding you hear the reins. Like, go up and down. Very the cute. Uh, <laughs> it's like that scene in Mary Poppins where they're like on the uh, the merry-go-round. The horse yeah, is so good. And then the race with Mary. <laughs> Fuck, we're so off track. Let's get to a spoiler-free review of Orange is the New Black Season 7. Let me clue you in. Season in review. And so, just like that, Netflix's longest-running original show comes to a close. Orange is the New Black is finally getting out after seven seasons, leaving just enough time for its rather huge but now very familiar cast to say goodbye, with a few last-minute new additions in Alicia Witt, Karina Arayave, and Marie-Lou Nahas. Season 7 consists of 13 episodes, each coming in at around 60 minutes, with the exception of the one-hour and 29-minute series finale, and took us approximately 13 hours and 35 minutes to watch. At the time of recording, Orange is the New Black has been nominated for over 150 awards and won 46, mostly for acting categories, and yet somehow not a single one has been awarded to Danielle Brooks. Uh, so, Damask, yes. before we get into our review of this season, how have you felt about the previous six seasons of Orange is the New Black? Oh, it's been a rocky road, hasn't it? I loved season one. Loved, loved I was loved. obsessed with season one. Um yeah, I I was blown away by it the first time I saw it. And then as the years went by, it was ups and downs and then downs and then downs and then downs um, to the point that got towards the end of the run and uh, just a bit over it. But yeah, it's been an interesting journey. I've made it through to the end, so I'm proud of myself for that fact. Mm-hmm. But yeah, some, some very high highs, very low lows. Listening back to a little bit of our previous podcasts mm. in preparation for this. Very vain of you. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm just doing research, all right? <laughs> just being a good podcast host. Well, makes one of us. <laughs> um, you were obviously very excited about season one. I think you said you'd watched it over and over numerous times. Like yes. inside a week, I think you'd watched it numerous times all the way through. When you- An unhealthy amount. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, Non-stop. massive fan of the show. Mm. And then... Uh, when you got to the end of season six, you said your realization was that Orange is the New Black is no longer essential viewing. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that says a lot about your journey with this show yeah. to go from like, we have to talk about this on the podcast. I love this show so much mm. to, you know what? I'm kind of done with Orange is the New Black now. Yeah. Like, I think that says a lot. Um, I've never really loved the show as much as you have at any one point mm. when it first started, but I enjoyed yeah. it enough and definitely admired it for its ambition. Uh, you know, it's a show that dares to take a lot of heavy, complex, and controversial topics uh, and has the courage to tackle some of the most relevant issues of the time. Its ungodly large cast are mostly extremely talented, but the huge number of characters have made for a difficult balance, balancing act that it hasn't always pulled off. Season and episode lengths have been a particular sticking mm. point for us when we reviewed this along the way, um, since pretty much since season one. Such a huge detriment to the show. Yeah, has also... Yeah, 13 episodes of close to an hour each 
it never seemed to be able to f- justify that Mm-mm. episode length. That, that season like such length. heavy topics and they, as the years went by, they wanted to fit more kind of topical stuff in there, which are mm. huge discussions in and of themselves. Then adding more and more characters as the years went by, it just become became unwieldy and, mm. yeah, it's a shame. It also has taken some pretty wild swings to change things up and make each season feel different from the next, particularly towards the... Sp- Ladder mm-hmm. half of the of the shot yeah. one of the, the later seasons I really enjoyed because of that very reason absolutely yeah. uh, while it's had some pretty lowish lows as you said it's also had just a few more higher highs which averaged out to a flawed but mostly enjoyable and fairly unique show for me mm. and I've got here a list of all our uh, sort of rankings of every season um, I think the highest I've ever given a season season one and three I gave a four and every other season I've given a 3.5 I'm Mr. Consistency on this every show every other season every other season was a 3.5 that's funny really middling to excellent <laughs> is sort of how I feel about it <laughs> I mean that's fair your high was obviously season one, four point five. Yeah. And you your lows were threes for three and six. Yes. Yes, yeah. they were. I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah, I think you're onto something there. Mm. So, Damas, can you please give me your spoiler free review for Orange is the New Black season seven? Been an honor and a privilege to wrap this baby up. <laughs> <laughs> this season has a pretty rocky start, with the first episode being what I can only describe as odd. That is a euphemism if ever I've heard it. The show takes a brave step this season to introduce a whole new dynamic to Litchfield and for me it works. It's affecting not because of its focus on trauma but because it looks at how no one's experience is singular. Humanity is community and when you chip away at that it echoes out and dehumanises every one of us. The choices of those in charge may not affect us directly but they definitely do take away our values and ultimately our humanity. And the women in Litchfield who see and know this stand up and it's great. They honour one another by looking after those that are left behind. I could certainly criticise the show for transforming its characters from people into symbols of a movement or a current issue, but Orange has been doing that for a while. It's part of the fabric of the show now. I don't love it. I'll always choose character over that stuff, but this is what we've come to expect from Orange. Many of my issues with this show revolve around what the show is, and it's about women being dealt every bad hand they possibly could. I find it emotionally taxing and no longer enjoyable. It's been like that for many seasons now, and I can't blame the show for it. If it wasn't for the podcast, I would have stopped watching. When I first watched Orange, as we were talking about before, I absolutely loved it. The horror, trauma, and bleakness of prison life was better balanced with its sense of humour but I did not find myself laughing this season at all. There are characters that I still enjoy, but there are many that have had the life sucked out of them by the show's plot. I was able to connect with a few characters this season though, one that I certainly didn't expect, and it was nice to know where everyone ended up. Unfortunately, this season also has moments of crumbling beneath the weight of its huge amount of characters. Orange is the New Black has gone from a show in its first season that I rewatched on a loop for days. Look, I was working a lot less then. Um, and now it's a show that I can barely sit through without being overwhelmed with depression and anxiety. I admire those that can enjoy this type of show, but I just don't have the stones for it. This season feels very much business as usual. If you like the show, I think you'll be pretty happy with its last hurrah. It's been nice that a show with such a female-centric and diverse cast has lasted this long particularly since Netflix has been on a total purge of that kind of material lately, and I'll miss quite a lot of the characters. 
Gloria, Nikki, Flacker and Maritza, and maybe a couple more if I squeeze my brain a little harder. I'm ready for this show to be over though. I'm ready to say goodbye to these women, to having to binge watch 14 hours of trauma every year. And I'm looking forward to seeing what many of the very talented women from the show work on next. This show was an important step to how we all consume TV these days. It was only the second show in Netflix's foray into original programming. And now look where we are. That's something to celebrate no matter how you feel about where the show ended. Broderick? I'm really excited about this episode all of a sudden. (laughs) Because I think we're going to have some disagreements. Oh, no. No, no, that's fantastic. Okay. And as I give you my review now, I want you to pull me up on anything that you don't agree with. Okay. okay. All right. Because I, I want to I hear <laughs> what you felt differently about along the way here. Okay. 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 After okay. season 7's opening episode, any sadness I had about Orange is the New Black ending was replaced by a feeling of gratitude. Seriously, this first episode is an absolute shocker <laughs> and quite possibly one of the worst episodes of the entire show's run. I can't wait to cut it to shreds later in the podcast. Woof. However... <laughs> I'm happy and frankly mm. relieved to report that not only did things improve drastically after this, the final season ended up probably being the best since season one and stands as a great example of the importance of endings. Endings give a story shape and having this definitive end point has been a gift to the creators if for no other reason than it seems they have, that has resulted in a much more focused product. This is still a huge cast with lots of stories, but with a looming endpoint. This season quickly gets to trimming the fat and make sure it focused on who and what was most important. The who being the characters that deserve time on screen and a chance to type their story. Some new characters still in, characters are still introduced, but they are few and well utilized, adding to our existing character stories rather than eating into them. The what is the issues raised, social commentary made, and final messages left with the left with the audience. This factor is particularly important as what it focused on in the final season will be a big factor in how the show as a whole is remembered and what its ultimate point was. With so much to do and the stakes so high, things could easily get messy or overwhelming, and yet somehow that's not the case at all. We have been very critical of seasons of 13 episodes running at an hour long each in the past, but maybe this was the season where the runtime was finally justified, allowing time to wrap up the show in a satisfying way. It probably helped uh, that just about every storyline felt important, and I was happy to be where the show had put me and not wishing we could just go back to a more interesting character or story. Uh, unlike another long-running show that ended this year, the writing has hit new highs rather than lows. Structurally, they are doing a deft job of balancing not just the high number of characters and stories, but the different tones. Orange is the New Black has always had hefty doses of comedy and drama, but it hasn't always been great at mixing the two well. This season does so, and also finds room for despair, hope, tragedy, optimism, and more. If I had one criticism, aside from the god-awful first episode, is that it might just be a bit indulgent right at the end, taking its sweet time to wallow in its conclusion, thinking like on the lines of like the return of the king, just because we're on a, apparently a Lord of the Rings bend today, that elongated ending. It feels like that hour and a half uh, ending could have been used well, but maybe just starts to test its luck a bit. Uh, Orange is the New Black can also get cringy at times, making... Something too lit- taking something too literal or over obvious and generally underestimating its audience, which also happens a couple of times this season. Overall, however, 
This is a great season of Orange is the New Black and a more than worthy way to see the show off. If you're going to suddenly produce some standout work, doing so for your final season isn't bad timing. This is the best season of Orange is the New Black, best it's been since it started and an excellent way to round out what has been an important, if not bumpy, ride. So, with that in mind, Damask, Mm -hmm. what are you thinking based on what you're hearing from me? I mean, I don't disagree with your experience. That's fine. I'm just over being depressed of this sh- with this show. I just like it's it's too sad. It's too much. So it's just too the the general mood, the dourness, the mm. the uh, hopelessness that comes along yeah. with the show is just. I think too if much I yeah, if I experienced it the way that you did, in which you thought the comedy was really well balanced, I would have a different opinion. But it's just not funny enough. I'm not necessarily to, saying it's like outright hilarious funny. Yeah. But I just guess I thought that from moment to moment, it did a better job of making the comedy and the drama feel like they fitted together, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. I Yeah. I wasn't pissing myself laughing. This wasn't the funniest season of the show. Mm. Probably season one still stands out as being funnier yeah. than this one does. Um, but I just guess it didn't feel like... Yeah, totally just felt like it was better blended together to make it feel like something cohesive rather than... You didn't than, have those stupid, like, hi, hi, low, random low. henchmen making dumb jokes exactly. that were annoying. Do you yeah. remember last season we talked about that? How mm. there was this scene of the guy getting his popcorn or something like that while they were Ugh, doing interviews? It and I was awful. like, what the fuck is this doing tone? I understand what you're doing here. This totally mm. is so far off. It yeah. was ruining It was ruining what should have been important dramatic scenes by trying to inject humour where it didn't belong. Mm. Whereas this time around, they weren't doing that. The humour was where it needed to be. It was fine for what it was and it mm. didn't get in the way of good storytelling, I didn't yeah. think. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. Like, that yeah. worked better for me. Yeah, I know. I think I would just like, you know, oh, I can't talk about that because it's spoilers. Um, yeah, no, I just, I'm I'm over it. I just, I don't find the show enjoyable anymore. Sure. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm sure you're not the only one who feels that way. Mm. Can you give me your score for this season and ranking, I guess, since we're coming to the last one? Yes, so I am giving this season three point five, mm-hmm. which puts it fourth on my list. So season one is number one, mm-hmm. and season four and five are tied with a score of four. Yep, and then season seven after that, which is tied with season two as well, which is three point five yes. as well. I'm going to give this a four, Woo. which I've only given to two other seasons: season one and season three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't give a good score to season two because it had V in it. Uh, but yeah, for <laughs> this for me, I was at times I was thinking it was four point five, maybe even. But then I looked wow. at what my previous score was. There was no way it was better than season one. But it's the second best season for me, mm-hmm. without a doubt. Uh, all right, we've got a lot to talk about in spoilers. But before we do that, we'd like to remind everyone that if you enjoy what we do here, we'd really appreciate you sharing the podcast with others who you think might also enjoy listening. We also appreciate your positive reviews on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify, or whatever podcast platform you prefer. But right now, let's talk spoilers. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're now entering the spoiler zone. Spoiler warning. On this episode, we'll be discussing everything that happens in season one to seven, aka the complete run of Orange is the New Black. Before listening any further, we recommend watching all of Orange is the New Black up to this point. If you've not yet done so, proceed with caution. There are spoilers ahead. You have been warned. Kids, I'm going to tell you an incredible story. Story time with Damask. We're back at Litchfield and, much like Suzanne, we have finally come to terms with the fact that the justice system is unfair. It only took seven seasons of watching women be tortured, raped and murdered. Huzzah! Piper is a free woman. She's out being the best waitress she can be, living with her bro and being ignored by her dad. It's all a little depressing since she can't canoodle with her seven-foot prison wife and she has to pay her own parole fees, which I didn't know was a thing because that is fucked. Things are being shaken up at the new prison. A new warden is going to be hired, so all of the guards apply. Most of them are barely able to communicate like humans, so the role is given to Ward, Tasty's old friend. And she starts putting in place all of the things that Tasty was rioting for. But our girl Tasty is pretty down in the dumps, you know, since she's going to have to spend the rest of her life in prison. Certainly makes Piper's problems look like absolutely nothing. So please, Piper, shut up. Tasty gets a shit ton of drugs from Dyer, who is now a drug lord after scissoring her prison wife to death. Tasty plans to OD and finally end her misery. But until that day comes, Ward makes her help out with the GED program. She tutors Penzataki, who discovers that she isn't dumb. She's dyslexic. She finally has a name for why certain things are a little harder for her. She has hope, and it is beautiful. That is, until Luschek is his usual shithead self and doesn't get her extra time for her exam. She's convinced that she's failed, and so she takes those drugs Tasty was going to use and dies. Yep, she dies. And Tasty finds her. God damn it, show. You had to give this girl the worst storyline for the last few seasons, and now this? Did the writers hear that she was my favourite character in season one and make a pact to ruin my life? Anyway, the last time we saw Blanca, she was being shipped off somewhere by ice. And now she's in an ice facility that neighbours Litchfield. She won't be alone for long, though. Maritza is picked up at a club during an ice raid and is detained herself. It's awful. It's so, so awful. A few of the old inmates are given jobs to work in the kitchen at the ice facility. Flucker sees her friend and the duo we all love is reunited, although in horrible circumstances. It turns out Maritza isn't a citizen and she is deported. 
It's fucking tragic. <sighs> Thanks again. Thanks, show. It's so much fun. Gloria helps get information both in and out of the facility to help those in need. That is, until she's caught smuggling in a phone. She gives up the game, but Flacker takes up the mantle in honour of Maritza. Poor Red is falling deeper and deeper into dementia after a long stint in shoe. Nikki tries to cover for her, but ultimately she has to concede that it's beyond her ability. Before they're split up, Nikki asks what it takes to become a prison mum, and she honours her own prison mum by following in her footsteps. Oh, that's after she meets an amazing woman in the ICE facility who is then sent back to Egypt to her death. Oh, what other fun things happen this season? Alex is asked to smuggle in phone charges for McCullough, who is super low on cash. Alex does reluctantly. Her saviour complex is in full flight, so much so that she can't help but give the poor lady support in the form of cunnilingus. Another fun thing, Lorna's baby dies and then she goes into full-on psychosis and refuses to admit it. Eventually, she's sent to Florida with Red, where they spend the rest of their lives braiding each other's hair. Cindy is released, but her life blows up when Tasty writes a letter telling her daughter about her parentage. Whoops. So she becomes homeless. She does have a job, though, and eventually she reaches out to her family to mend things. That's a bit sweet. Fig and Caputo want to have a baby, blah, blah, blah. They eventually adopt a symbol of Tasty's past. How beautiful. Also, Caputo is me too and other stuff that is relevant to whatever newspaper the writers were reading at the time. Next! Alita comes back to prison after physically cancelling the life of a pedophile. She comes back and isn't too impressed with how Dyer is treating her. So she freezes out Dyer and her shitty gang. The mother and daughter have a heated argument that ends with a judo chop to the throat and possibly Dyer's death. Ah, families are tough. Blanca's hearing comes up and thanks to a new friend she made in the ICE facility, she is able to convince the judge that she was given inaccurate information and deserves to have her criminal case retried. It works and she is freed. Finally, some actual good news. Gloria is released and finally with her kids again and Maria comes to a workable arrangement so that she can be a part of her daughter's life. Tasty sets up the Pusay Washington Fund so that women leaving prison will have financial assistance. On your Tasty. Piper... Has a bit of a dilemma, though, at the end of the show. Should she move on and leave her past behind, including Alex? Or is she able to forge ahead with her goth bride in tow and create a new life together? She decided that ride or die isn't just the perfect words for a tramp stamp. They're also a motto to live by. She visits her wife in Ohio and starts a clean life. Yep, she has a monologue about doing things the right way. Except this show has shown us nothing if not that many women have tried to stay clean but that it doesn't matter how good your intentions are for many women, particularly women of colour, the system is rigged. Also, Ward is fired and the sexual predator guard is hired in her wake. Cool. Everything either stays the same or gets much fucking worse. I don't know what we learned from this show, but I do know that I am very tired. The end. Deep dive. It's cool to know other people think about this stuff too. I very much appreciate you mm. bringing back story time with Damask Thank this you. one time. Yeah. Uh, especially considering you didn't even particularly enjoy this season all that much. <laughs> so to go that to that length is pretty great. There's a you uh, listening to you to say it like bring like, present the way you did. Mm. I definitely understand where you're coming from <laughs> with your criticisms. My very biased story time. Totally. Yeah. Uh, I look forward to discussing those with you in a moment. Mm. Um, but I w- just wanted to ask: back when we were doing our review before spoilers, you started to say a spoiler. And then you sort of like, I can't talk about it until spoilers. I'm going to guess, was it the Pensatucky no, storyline? Which one were you talking no, about? No, because we were talking about like the stupid comedy bits. Oh, sure. Go and on. I remember the scene when like 
the phone is found in the ice facility and then we have those two dumbass guards like interviewing people and I was like, oh, sure. I fucking hate these people. Yeah, I didn't – they aren't all that great, those guys. The comedy there is terrible, mm. right? But they weren't as intrusive as they were last year overall. No, that they scene were overwhelming out. last season. Oh, my God. And, in fact, I thought they found, like, some reasonable uses for him, at least. I liked him when oh, he, he was, like... chicken guy. With the chicken yeah, stuff, right? Nice. And he was, like, building a bit of connection with the mm. prisoners. And, like, he had... There was some positive stuff happening there. I was like, oh, I don't hate you right now. Mm. This is a nice change. Um, but, yeah, that, that scene does stand as being a bit icky or a bit whatever, just blur. Uh, so, I want to start by talking about just some very smart choices they made really early, early on with the mm-hmm, season. Mm-hmm. Killed Daddy, and they got Batterson yes, the God. fuck oh, out of there. Praise boo. Because I forgot about the existence of Batterson. Because obviously, I haven't gone back and watched the last season. Sure. Nor have I listened to our podcast, because I'm not a psycho like you. Um, so I, Narcissist <laughs> is the term. <laughs> Narcissist. Um, so, I forgot she existed. And then when I saw her walk on screen, I was like, no! <laughs> Please, No! I've been through enough. Um, so that was upsetting. But <laughs> they quickly get rid of her, which but, is yeah. good. Within three episodes, I mean, with the episode one, Daddy is dead. Mm-hmm. And like, looking back on that actress's performance, I'm like, you were not happy about being booted from this show, but good on you for following through. Um, <laughs> she has to. Yeah. And then, yeah, Baz and Bank, I was like, oh, this is fucking, yes. Thank God. Thank you. Mm. Instantly improved the show. Just a point up from the last season yep. just for that. Absolutely. So this Last sh- season was so, ugh, anyway. Good I luck. didn't hate it. I didn't hate it, but mm. yes. Uh, mission statements. This season seemed to be trying to do a few things. And obviously, the obvious one is the concluding all of our characters, which we'll get to soon. At times, it also seemed to be trying to be a how-to guide in case you ever get detained by ice. Yes, like, which I really appreciated. Brings up specific things mm-hmm. like... Uh, certain search engines or how to get in touch with like uh, a free lawyer and all this sort of mm-hmm. stuff. I was Great. like, I appreciate the practicality of what you're doing here. You're like, you may as well have just put it on the screen, ring now to like, <laughs> yeah. like you're trying to embed some information to people who might be paying attention and go, there are people who can help you and mm-hmm. this is what you can do. Appreciate that. It definitely, for the first time in a while, it felt like for a show that's all about prison, I feel like the message of this season was to try and go, Let's talk about what prison should be. Mm-hmm. You talked about at the end of this season, like everything goes back to the way it was. Basically, nothing's improved. Agreed. I think the point there was that they were trying to make is that it can't be fixed just from one good intentioned, well-intentioned warden, right? Mm. It needs to be a systemic change yeah. from high up trickling down, right? But I did like there was a lot of focus on like, this is what prison could be and this is why it'd be beneficial. That I felt was yeah. That's those aspects certainly made this season much more enjoyable um, than the last, particularly for me. Just yeah, having a bit of relief there during like the the middle section of the show was good. There was like hope. We've got like things happening with Pensatucky. While Tasty is still considering suicide, she is working towards something. Mm-hmm. Educational programs, all that stuff. I I did it. I enjoyed that stuff. I thought it was great. It's great addition. Just to, yeah, have a bit of hope there was nice. But for me, it wasn't even just that it was like hope within the show. It's like, this is the final season and they've chosen this to go, listen, we've shown you all this shit on the way and shit is still going to happen. But let's define this story and go, well, what do we what do we want to leave our audience with? What do we want to leave people with? And it's like, here is 
here is an example of what it should and could look like mm. if the right changes were made. And I think I really appreciate that choice. It's a beautiful way to look at it. Like though. to bookend the That's showing. Lovely. Like it, like mm. I said, endings are important, right? Endings mm. give something a story definition. And this is how they want to end their show. I also think that within this, they're also demonstrating the idea that everybody should and can have the opportunity to walk a path of redemption, right? There are characters in this show that I do flatly do not like. I hate the amount of time, screen time they get. I'm specifically talking about Caputo, right? <laughs> and Fig in particular. Yeah. But through a character that we just don't enjoy being on screen, having a moment of clarity and redemption and trying to self-improve, through Fig doing something similar as well, though, it's a bit more tokenistic. You're about the Me Too stuff? Yeah, and I really want to talk about that because I disagree with you that that's... I think it's a good addition in this season I for a couple of reasons. Oh, it's just like... It just feels like such a waste of my time. I, I as a man, mm. feel like it was a very important discussion for, for men who are watching this show, mm. right? For starters, yes, this is a show that should be centered on women. Absolutely, 100%. But you've got male viewers who maybe come away with a bit more empathy or a bit more understanding of like women's issues and stuff like that mm. and maybe want to be an ally to women and maybe don't know how to or what that really means. I think they did a pretty good job with Caputo of showing what it actually means to listen. The moment where he has that... When they're doing the role play and... Who's doing role play? He does a role play. with When he's doing his like... Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I can't remember the name of the... It's like the... Just redemptive justice group, mm. whatever it is, right? And he's had his Me Too moment happen, right? Mm -hmm. When it started, when the first Me Too moment came up, I was like, what the fuck are we doing here? Why are we doing this? Caputo is the wrong character for this. This is a shit idea to have in this show. What are we trying to say about Caputo? What are we trying to say about Me Too? Mm. And the thing they got to was, mate, justified it for me. Because... He first, he tried to like, I think the reaction that a lot of men who think they're allies would have in a Me Too moment is try and go, but I'm a good guy. Like, I didn't do anything or I didn't mean it or she's taking it out of context and try and like wipe their hands and pretend that, you know, they didn't do such a bad thing. Mm. And then he has that moment of clarity where he is, he's talking, he's doing the role play where he's the victim and the... Other, the prisoner is like who, who committed the offense. And he's saying, but you're not hearing me. You're not li actually listening. You're not hearing what I'm saying. And that's the realization he understands finally why he needs to fuck off, step out of the picture mm. and actually what it means to listen and let women not just tell their story, but be heard. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really important as someone who like is trying to be an ally and like, I think that's a really amazing place to put Caputo, a character I do not like, but actually show that even he can be redeemed and improve as a person. You don't agree with me at all. Like, <laughs> but I really, really, really thought it was like that. If you're going to find a way no, to use Caputo, what, that's a saying. good way to do it. I just like, I have trouble <laughs> just because that's just basic empathy. You know what I mean? And so like, and I understand, yes, there are men out there who are like, oh, you know, I, I don't understand. I can't, I can't listen. I won't listen. The natural reaction or whatever. I just don't find it particularly – I don't know. I don't connect with it. I'm like, you're, you're an idiot. I know it's not, it's not that interesting to me. But, I don't, but the thing is, it's not, it wouldn't be human. I mean, there's the, the, we know it's a reaction of men in those situations mm. to get defensive and to 
try and minimize it or try They're and just watching orange and you black are you sure <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty fucking sure. Yeah. I think they might be though, especially mm. men who think they're allies. Do you know what I mean? Who, mm. who have done things in the past that maybe that or have, like, honestly, I honestly think like I, as a person who thinks he's an ally themselves, I felt like it was important. Okay, like, that's good. We talked about this is Ansari stuff, right? Mm. And how like his comeback special wasn't all that enlightening. And he talks about this like reflecting back on his behavior in the past and what realizations he came to and stuff. And there are things I think about my behavior with some women and I go, I like even stuff as far back as high school and stuff, which, you know, that's one thing as well. But even in my 20s and mm. think, uh, maybe that was more, maybe I had more of an impact on that person than I thought I did. Or maybe I don't know how they felt about mm. that. And that's a problem. Yeah. Like I might have had a similar effect on women as well. And it's... I think it's important to... I, I don't know. I just felt like it, that showing a character who thinks they're doing the right thing suddenly have to take... Really see their own actions in that mm-hmm. light. And I don't think that the story or the message is that interesting if he just goes, oh, yeah, you're right. I'll step away. It's much more interesting to see that person go, oh, hold on a second, but not me. Yeah, no, I, I understand what you're saying. And I think figure your that out. reaction is wonderful. That's... Yeah, that, no, that's great. I just, it feels very much like, so it's our final season. I, I, I don't know. It seems like a weird journey for Caputo, something that happened quite a while ago. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think this show has had so many opportunities to talk about, um, and uh, separately, yes, the male perspective and like learning all that stuff is great, but the show has had so many opportunities to talk about the effect of like sexual assault on women and has done such a terrible job. I'm I'm super you know glad that they've been able to do it for a man's experience of that. But the, but the thing was, it wasn't about sexual assault necessarily. It was sexual misconduct. Yeah. It was like compared to like, well, this is not the Pennsylvania thing, right? Mm. Like that's a whole other. And you want to talk about how that mishandles that. Mm. 100% agree yeah. with you on that stuff, right? The I don't want to dwell on this because, again, this is a show that shouldn't be, we shouldn't be centered on Caputo, right? It's like he is the only male character yeah, in the show Yeah, I agree. I think it's such a, a nothing story. But like, it's great that you got so much out of it. It's awesome. I'm glad lots of other men... Might, may have or might, I think it's nothing. I, I, yeah, it didn't really interest me. I was like, when's the next scene coming? Okay. Mm. Moving on. <laughs> There's a lot of characters uh, and a yes. lot of story to unpack this season. But I think we should try and at least briefly discuss each character and how we felt, uh, how the show brought their stories to a close. You've done some of that already in your story time, but let's just mm-hmm. expand on that a bit. Let's start with Piper, I guess. Sure. Since, you know, she's the bookend of this show. Starts with Piper, ends with Piper. Mm-hmm. She has a uh, voice over in the first scene of the first episode. She has a voice over in the last scene of the last episode. She has a voice over for some reason in episode one of this season. <laughs> as does Alex, as does every other woman in the prison for some reason. Very what the strange. fuck was that? We'll get to that later. So, her experience or her story this season is very much the life after prison sort of things. Which we've seen a bit of. Here and there. Mm. Tasty has left prison before. Yeah. Uh, Alita has spent a lot of time out of prison recently, mm-hmm. etc. How do you feel about the way they dealt with Piper this season? I mean, it was very on brand for Piper. <laughs> she What? She <laughs> is who she is. 
um, and constantly making terrible decisions and is such a fucking self-indulgent dickhead. Like taking like taking that pot blueberry is just such a piper thing to do. It's so self-destructive, so ridiculous. Um, we also get some Larry as well, which is interesting. But I actually found that, um, yeah, I thought it was a good place to kind of go with Piper. She she is who she is. And while we might all find her incredibly frustrating, she's um, she ultimately finds a way to navigate her own path and be a little less self-destructive, I guess. But, yeah, what are your thoughts on Piper? Um, generally I like the focus on like the life after prison stuff, as you said, the detail of having to pay your own probation. I can't believe that. That's crazy. Uh, probation fees. Mm. Pretty fucking crazy. Um, I liked some of even the imagery. I, Orange is the New Black is not a particularly cinematic show. Um, but there's that, you know, that bit where they show her like waiting at the traffic lights as everyone else jaywalks because mm, she's... Cause the t- and the two cops are there. I really like liked that. Yeah, I thought it was good. Like it's a great example of the, you know, these people are blatantly breaking the law and if she mm. steps one to our line, she's yeah. fucked forever is like a pretty um, good image. It's such a great way moment. to do it, yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. This show is you know, usually not that um, it's not <clears throat> subtle. Usually, no. Not even that particularly subtle, but you know what I mean. They're always like, tell me, tell me, tell me. There was me. some artistry yeah. at least to that, yeah. which was unusual for this show. Um, one of the things that did come up as we went along, though, I did wonder if H- Piper might reflect on the pr- white privilege that is giving her Never. a lot of passes here. Like, first of all, we look at just the fact that she got away with having a negative or like a positive drug test and then is given a chance to, mm. you know, just go to an AA meeting or whatever. There's, I'm sure that would be the case for other women from different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. But the one that stood out to me is when she goes to that fucking ball with Zelda and people are like throwing job opportunities at her. It's like, <laughs> fuck you, Piper. Do you realize how bullshit this is? Of course. Piper will never realize. After she like ruined many women's lives, when she did that fucking gang warfare white supremacy oh, shit. Yes. And at no point did she reflect on that other than the fact that she was sad that she got, got branded a swastika. Yeah. Um, no, she's not going to. She that's not she won't that's not her role. We as white people watching the show are meant to analyze that. She is never going to. Uh, she is the monster we all fear. We are. We. What do you think of Zelda? As like <laughs> snooze, snooze. Pretty snooze. cute though. She's an attractive woman. Mm. Very boring. Very very boring. She's just too keen. Sure. She's fucking keen and it put me right off. <laughs> uh, we got a scene with Sophia. We oh, did. It's uh, nice to see her living her life. And I liked the little conversation they were having there as well mm. uh, in the salon. Um, just sort of talking about, you know, what the next step is. and Letting moving, go. Letting go basically prison of the anymore. prison life. Yeah. Which I think was important. Good one. advice. And, and then you've already brought up our favourite couple, Porry. Porry, uh, Porry. <laughs> Uh, we get what, what are they, Polly and Larry, yeah, mm. uh, who disappeared in se- after season two. Thank God, mm-hmm. but I was surprisingly happy to see them. It seemed like a natural time to bring them back into the story. Yeah, I think it would almost be weird if Piper's out and we don't really have a proper conclusion to that story. Mm-hmm. Like, it's obviously, a pretty big thing. Her, you know, ex-fiance and best friend, you know, are together now, raising a baby, another one on the way. Um, and I think it was good for her to kind of, yeah, see the life that she could have 
had and have a really important discussion with Larry about like, well, you'd never really wanted it. Like you, th- you think you want things and then you don't actually want them and then you explode your entire life up. So do you think so that last conversation mm. she has with Larry, which I am surprised that it ended, like we obviously get that final scene with her going to visit Alex mm. in the prison in Ohio. Yeah, um, I so. But the last like real meaty dialogue scene she has in the show is with Larry. Mm. Surprised the heck out of me and I think was actually a really cool choice. I think so too. Um, how do you feel about that conversation? Do you think... I think there's there's a lot to be interpreted or maybe different people will see it differently. Do you think Larry is right? Do you think Larry is wrong? Is it somewhere in between there? I think it's absolutely somewhere in between. Yeah. Like when he when he was speaking, I was like, you're fucking right, Larry. You're and also then, massively condescending. Yeah, but... <laughs> I think he has earned that right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm like, he's right. And then she would, you know, have a little rebuttal. I'm like, well, yeah, she's kind of right as well. Like, she is, she's still Piper, obviously, but she's seen and done things that he can't even imagine um, and has a deeper understanding of her own life than he does. Those observations are, like, pretty on point, mm-hmm. but she... But he is not her. She He doesn't understand the complexity of her relationship with Alex and all that they've been through um, and all of the trauma that she's endured as well mm. and how that might inform her decisions. Um, so, yeah, I think it was a, a good point of reflection to be exposed in that way and then also to, like, yeah, for her to then decide for herself at that point. I mean, it's it's a classic story circle, ultimately. It's like, mm. you know, a person wants, you know, goes on a journey, comes back home, changed, question mark, is like the big question here. She's mm. gone through this incredible story over seven seasons. So, what? where are we with Piper? Has she changed? Has she not? And so, he's like the final boss, right? He's the challenge at the end. It's like, have you really changed or are you still mm. the same pipes that I know from way yeah. back when? I think like... Cause, I like it. Yeah, it's such an issue for her. One, just knowing what she wants mm-hmm. and two having the gumption to actually go after it and so we have her doing that which is nice so, so speaking of going after it mm-hmm. alex is obviously the other side of this storyline mm-hmm. their ongoing challenges mm-hmm. their marriage you know with alex in prison and piper not meanwhile alex is dealing with uh, well first of all there's uh. hellman or whatever and he's mm. a fuckhead and making her swallow the drugs or whatever. So and disgusting. Jesus Christ. Um, but then it turns into the Alex and McCullough show, mm-hmm. which for me was one of the least interesting parts of the entire series, entire season. Could not give a shit about McCullough. And they tried their best to make me because they gave her an episode with her like flashback stuff. I was interested. I was interested in the flashbacks more than mm. I was interested in the overall um arc or story with Alex though. I don't know. I just McCullough just ended up being the bad guy. Just another CO who is yeah, abusing their pow- power mm. position of power really. I think I was just like uh, yeah, I <laughs> mm. I used to have the the old savvy complex like Alex has. Mm. And so their dynamic it was kind of doing something for me. <laughs> And then, like, yeah, Alex's episode happened. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. I see what's going on here. Um, but, no, I was interested, but I understand that I was biased by, you know, my queerness. So, that's fine. I'm comfortable with that. Did you... Okay. So, for you, it was just the... So, you found Zelda... I thought it was ...too cute. keen and McCullough just damaged enough to be interesting mm-hmm, that you... Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. Okay. Yeah. Got those Green Bambi eyes. Like, one. please help me. My mother's just been shot. And you're like, all right. I'll help you. 
Uh, they, there was a good scene though. I did like actually when McCullough is self-harming again with the cigarettes. Mm. I thought they did a good job of explaining sort of the like internal reasoning behind that. What you're trying to achieve mm. by self-harming was one of the better illustrations of that I've seen in something like this for mm-hmm. a while. It was simple and sort of, uh, yeah, yeah, effective. Uh, now, you want to talk about ice, though. That was your favourite part ice, of this season. Ice, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was probably the most affecting part of this season for me. Mm-hmm. One, it's like, it's amazing how, yeah, when you think of the road that this show has taken and the characters that we end up caring about, mm. um, particularly with the Latina, the Latinx women, um, Blanca in particular. Blanca, you think about who what, she is in season episode talking one. Talking to Diablo and you think she's talking to Satan like she's in like the first season. Yeah. Like it's just, um, it's amazing. <laughs> and, you know, when you think about like Flaka and Maritza mm-hmm. to just kind of like they were the jokers. Like they, that was the comedy relief in many scenes and you were so invested in their friendship yep. by the end of this show. It, it's really incredible to kind of like watch and look back on um yeah one like you said earlier i loved how informative it was about the processes about what people need to know all that kind of thing i thought it was really important i know you said earlier that you sort of the show became more of like a hot topic of like what's Mm. you know in the media at the moment stuff like that and like i can definitely see how you know this is not the show you signed up for Mm. there it was a character driven show when it first started yeah. more than anything mm. it's turned into this sort of like yeah. political force in a way or at least a commentary on that sort of stuff yeah. and i get that criticism completely but i appreciate what it's doing here because if people are fucking watching this show and learning something from it that's well that's cool. the thing is like yes i i can criticize the show for making it about um the hot topic for lack of a better word though it's you know that diminishes relevant issue that diminishes sorry what it what it means um yeah instead of being character focused, which I think thankfully we have those anchors in those scenes that we do care about. And while we have that, uh, the new character whose name is beyond me at the moment. And unfortunately it, that the issue is very much her trauma. Like, Mm -hmm. so that's that kind of experience, but thankfully we do have the other characters Like we've got Maritza. Her story is so fucking tragic. It's like, Awful, but like kind of eye-opening what is happening to people who are being deported to countries that they... Have never known. Have never known. Like that poor man who he was sent to Iraq, I think, or Iran. Yeah. Just he, recently. Yeah, who died. Died diabetes, wasn't it? Couldn't get access yeah. to insulin. Yeah. He didn't speak the language and just... It's fucking awful. Um, so, it felt like a really important story um, and something... Maybe here's, maybe here's the thing. I am exhausted by me too. Sure. Right? Sure. Um, I feel like surrounded by me too in a lot of ways. Sure. I I don't know a lot. Obviously, I know the headlines of what's happening with ICE, but I don't know a lot about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the people's experiences of that. Mm-hmm. And so, this feels enriching, informative, um, heartbreaking... So I, I really did connect with this far more. Sure. Um, and obviously it helps that I care about the characters involved, I think. But you know, that might be uh, a factor to it. But yeah, it was just lovely to see the solidarity between the women. Um, yeah, it was, it was 
heartbreaking, heartwarming all at the same time. Mm. Uh, I agree. It was a like uh, amazing element to add to the show. I mean, it's just a, it's clever to have it. Uh, just there to reflect on the difference between even the maximum security prison mm. and like what it means to be someone who's de- have who's, no rights. Yeah, no rights at all. That somehow they have it worse than these women in maximum security who have mm. committed who knows what sort of crimes. Yeah, and these women are just you know not documented just citizens numbers. or whatever. Just- and the way they are treated is yeah, no rights. Incredible. Mm. And heartbreaking stuff, and so important, I think, that it's been discussed because I'm not sure there's another show out there that's really doing it, not in mm. a dramatized format like this. We see stories and stuff about it, but you yeah. know, this allows you to really get to know, you know, fictional characters, but get to know women in this situation, what it's like. Mm. It's very, very important stuff. The Maritza thing is especially clever in terms of we spent a season without her, Flucker and Maritza are already separated, she gets mm. pushed back in, and within a couple of episodes, Disappears from oh. the show, and Ooh. I really liked. I, like again, this show can be on the nose sometimes. Mm. But and my brother was watching the bit where they're all like disappearing off the plane. He's like, "Why do they have to do that?" And I was like, "Cause they want to yeah. make you know that she's gone. Like gone. she's not coming back. She's gone, gone." Yeah. Uh, and I, just one well of done. many as well. Exactly you know what right. I mean? Like and just like they're like the nameless, faceless people that like you will never hear from again. It's, yeah, it's. Fuck it, that storyline, yeah, really got to me. Uh, and just things like, you know, which we've seen in the headlines, but just kind of like really reiterating how fucking terrible it is. Like the like the children, the yeah, babies that stood like, out. in just the courtroom and like the just- insanity of it, right? Yeah. That's just an insane thing mm-hmm. to have these killed these children having to represent themselves uh in a courtroom and try and argue that they should like it's so fucking inhumane and out of touch with like how a system can be built this way. Mm. It's just, it, it's to the point of like, how can we fight something that's so ridiculous yeah. and so insane and so unfair and unjust and any of the words you want to throw it at? It's just blows your fucking mind. And they did yeah. a great job with that scene as well, where it takes you, it doesn't just happen immediately. Mm-hmm. It's these little moments of realizing, oh, that's a kid. Oh, that's more kids. Holy fuck, this mm. whole room is full of children. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's not even the thing of like, you know, when we were talking about stories about like prisoners and stuff, and there mm. really is like stories from the gray and talking about that kind of moral ambiguity about a lot of these people's lives and their experiences within the prison system. And then you look at a courtroom filled with children. Ba- some of the, which are babies are trying to like represent themselves that's not a fucking grey area it's pretty black and white that that is so wrong so yeah. morally bankrupt it's yeah pretty jarring to say uh, I think we should move on just keep things moving mm-hmm. Tasty he's a big big focus this season yes uh, I mean she's been a fan favourite for a long time mm-hmm. she's obviously centred a lot around the Poussey uh, mm-hmm. Death in season four, I think it was. Yeah. Um, exactly. And we got to a point last year where she has now been found guilty of killing a guard, of killing CO, CO uh, whatever his name was, don't even remember. Piscatella. Piscatella, thank you. And she's in a bad, bad way. Fair. Fair, exactly right. Pretty fucking you know? fair. I think my first note was tasty cold and I don't blame her. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you understand why she's here. How... Mm. She starts talking about suicide and contemplating suicide. We have that scene at the end of episode three or four, I think, where she tries to hang herself in her mm. cell. How do you feel about that one? How did I feel? Oh, 
Loved it. Loved every moment. Laughed my ass off. Um, <laughs> it's upsetting. It's really upsetting and tragic to think that, once again, this is the great thing about coming to a final season and looking back yeah. on what we've seen before. The the tasty we knew, amazing. Um, her friendship with Pussay, how important that was. Her leaving and then her coming back to prison. That all happened really early too. That was like yeah. season one, I think, wasn't it? Her leaving, coming back. Yeah. Here, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, Pussay's death and where that has, and how much that, yeah, obviously affected her and traumatized her to the point that she's just lost all hope. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't have family anymore. She's got Suzanne, but like that's still hard because she has kind of like a carer role there. Yeah. So it's very different. Cindy's betrayed her. Pussay is dead. She has no one on the outside. Her life is going to be within those walls. I mean, I don't blame her, but it's hard to watch her be at that level. And it's also like, it sounds weird, but I'd like Pussay would be really upset uh-huh. <laughs> that she is at that stage as well. Um, yeah, it was heartbreaking. Very upsetting. So I, I, maybe I should have asked the question a little better. Do we think like a scene like that is justified? Like it's obviously going to be heartbreaking and hard to watch and like it's made, it's designed to like get a reaction. Mm. So is it, is it worth it to, to have that? To literally see a character like Tasty try and hang create herself. her own noose and try and hang herself and like the way that shot set up. I mean, this can be said for many things that Orange does. Mm. I think with a lot of the way that they handle many things, it could be done in a better way. Sure. I think you can you can say something without screaming it in my face. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, the idea of her trying to commit suicide or failing an attempt, um, I think, works because we need to believe that there are she's willing she could go through with it mm. which you might not believe of tasty because she's always been sort of a beacon of hope and yeah. in, you know brightness and intelligence and all that sort of stuff um so i appreciate that scene needs to be there how it's executed sort of the it's so in your face i'm not sure we necessarily needed that um but ultimately i think the tasty storyline is a really really good one it's this sort of just it's teetering on the end of edge of like hope mm-hmm. or tragedy and you mm-hmm. don't know which way it's going to swing um, and I even like the way they sort of set her up with Dyer, who mm-hmm. I don't have a massive amount of time for these days. Ugh. Um, I thought she punched her though. It was good. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but to have these two lifers sort of approaching this, this situation they're in differently, mm. talking to each other about that. We've known them both since the first season. Dyer started out fairly innocent to begin with. You know what I mean? Like, Very innocent. So, we've seen her really transformed this sort of monstrous, like, you know, uh, ringleader within so- inside the prison mm-hmm. to the point where she's getting theoretically killed by her mother, potentially. <laughs> um, so, I liked the way they did that. Overall, I liked how they got taste to that point of, like, no return. Mm. And then... We have the Poussey flashback, the phone call when Tasty's been out of prison is talking to Poussey. Mm-hmm. Do we? How do we feel about doing that again? This is the second time we've brought Poussey back from the dead Maybe for a flashback scene. Maybe you should have killed scene. her if you want to bring her back all the time. And it's just, it's just such like obvious emotional manipulation. Sure. And I'm like, please don't. 
please don't. I mean, I'm glad that Samira Wiley got a paycheck. That's awesome. But... I keep forgetting she's in Handmaid's Tale. Like, before I started season three, <laughs> I was like, oh, Pusey's in this. It's fine. Samira Wiley's doing fine. Because I was thinking to myself, what's she doing these days? Maybe she did need to come back for the paycheck. No, she's fine. <laughs> no, she's all good. She's all good. Yeah, no, she's all good. Um, yeah. But like I said, it's part this these types of things that we criticise season after season after season. It's kind of the fabric of the show, though. And while I don't like it, I'm sure many people love seeing Pusey again. Thing was, her... She came up as a guest star in the opening. I know titles. that annoyed I fucking me. Saw it and I was I'm like, like oh, "Oh, I guess she's coming." But yeah, me too. <laughs> the same thought. Getting a Pusey flashback. Yeah. Um, I I think I would have appreciated it more if they hadn't done that ridiculous end of season thing. Which like looked down the camera. Do you remember that flashback? Of course I do. They've they've got a real problem with ending seasons on weird notes. This one's got one as well that we'll oh, get to in a second. You mean the ghost? We'll get there. Oh my god! Don't even get me started. We'll, we'll right. get there on that. You shouldn't have mentioned it anyway. <laughs> Uh, so it sort of feels like, oh, we're double dipping here, guys. Don't know yeah. if we can keep doing this. But then, realistically, like they sort of set that up to be like, this is the point where Tasty's going to have this memory of Poussey and she's going to change course. That's not it, though. Mm-mm. Nor should it be. No. That's not how memories work. No, it's not. You don't see a flickering light and go, oh, yeah, that friend once told me. Yeah, advice. I don't remember a conversation we had five years ago that was somehow changes my life forever. You're going to look at like that cup mug over there with Cora and Hogwarts and then go, oh, yeah. <gasps> yeah. That's right. Your cries are so zay, my life. Bro- yeah. Told me. Uh, no. Then Tucky's died, which we'll get to the Tucky stuff in a minute. And Just like dropping bombs all around me, all right? That is obviously a devastating moment where Tasty finds this student, this person that she's been, mm-hmm. you know, tutoring um, dead on the ground, mm-hmm. lost hope, she's committed suicide. It puts her, what she's going to do in context. But then we have the specific moment, which seems to be the turning point for Tasty, which is when she finds out that Tucky was going to pass her GED, mm. which is like this horrific tragedy that just adds to the pens of Tucky. Like, oh, was I hysterical? Yeah, maybe, maybe I was. But it reflects back specifically on what Poussey said. Don't know what something along the lines of I didn't get this down c- completely. Don't know what's good that's coming for you, something like that. So mm-hmm. the idea that like. You don't know what good thing is is yeah. ahead of you that's coming down the line. Mm-hmm. So we're left with Tasty fighting on, you know, theoretically, maybe she might be able to fight her case in the future. We don't know what's going to happen there. Yeah. Cindy's off the grid, but she'll be back on the grid soon. So maybe there's an option there. Where does that leave you with the whole Tasty thing? Like, are you? do you feel hope? Is this tragedy? Is it something in between? Do you like... Yeah, I mean, it's like... Yeah, finding hope within tragic circumstances like it's obviously what has happened to Tacey is fucking tragic she's spending the rest of her life in prison for a crime that she didn't commit Mm -hmm. there's there's no way around that um but that she does have a future within yes within the prison system but her life the mark that she is going to leave is you know there is something there there which is nice. So I think it's like Casey's ending is pretty hopeful. The Pusey Washington to where we've been before. The Pusey Washington Fund mm-hmm. and starting that idea and these micro loans for uh, prisoners mm-hmm. or, or prisoners ex convicts, and then even the idea that she's going to go on to teach people who are leaving leaving prison, you know, how to major money and what you know mm-hmm. happens next, sort of thing. Um, there's a line that Red said, which is like everyone needs a purpose. Yeah. And yeah. I really like where they got to with Tasty because it doesn't, 
maybe she gets out, maybe she doesn't. But you know that she's going. She's got something to fight for. She's yep. got a purpose again. Mm-hmm. Um, I quite like that overall. Uh, tragic as as the whole thing is. Um, we still love tasting. We're happy she's around doing what she's doing. Yeah. Uh, quickly, let's talk about Cindy. Mm. Uh, really, like you said, that was one of the more positive notes of the season the for ending, a long time. Yeah. Was just well, a just her getting out of prison and maybe having give be able to sort of forgive herself and um, mm. move on. Yeah. You know, allow herself to to find not just a sense of redemption necessarily, but just to to leave peace. prison. Yeah, yeah. Peace about. What's happened to her and what decisions she's made? Um, I kind of feel like the whole stuff at the end, the homelessness stuff, while definitely an issue worth addressing, maybe was there was enough. They didn't do enough with it to justify it. Was, it, it felt it felt it's attacked on rushed, to me. Yeah. Really, like she's. I mean, I just wanted to know more about it. I mean, she's she's got a job, mm-hmm. but she's homeless. That would be would be incredibly hard to navigate. Mm-hmm. Um, her. The fact that she just left. I mean, I guess that is classic Cindy. I mean, there was so much there, there, I guess. And I wanted... Yeah. If you're going to do it, I want more. Do it properly. Yeah. I think it was my feeling on that. Yeah, so, she just disappeared after she stormed out and then... Yeah. So, like, even when I was doing my story time, I, like, you know, wrote it and then I had to go back and be like, oh, yeah, Cindy. Like, because I'd forgotten about her storyline. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember there's a bit where she's in her workplace and the she's talking to the guy like she's wheeling him down the thing and they go into his room and there's this person moaning mm. behind the curtain. What what was the point of that? What was the context? What did I miss? Oh, I mean, I might have projected it, but I thought it might have reminded her of Pussy. But I don't know. I, oh. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, I was weird. Couldn't figure that out. Uh, is there anything you want to say more about Dyer uh, and, a, and a later, really? A later? Um, later, sorry. Nope. They kind of just feel like... Okay, these it's just like this perpetual yeah. cycle of the like destruction. The best things about Die this season was yeah, her interactions with Tasty. Yep. Otherwise, I found it fucking boring. I don't care about a stupid drug lord hijinks with a yeah drug addicted friends. I didn't care about that. The leader stuff was like it was nice to see her outside of prison. Before this, just like more of the same. I don't care about her relationship. She's constantly yelling at her kids. It's just the same old, same old, same old. I don't care. But that's kind of the point, right? It's this idea yeah, of, of this like is, perpetual yeah. cycle. We it got to make see it a fun to watch. No, Alita's flashback to when she was teenager mm. casting again. They're going yeah. to do that with the young actresses. Um, the relationship with her mother. I like the flashback of Alita. Yeah, I like yeah. that quite a bit, and it gave her a lot of context mm. and showed her trouble past and her yeah. trouble relationship with her parent, and then how that reflects on how she's committing the same mistakes, even though she thinks she's trying to avoid mm. them with her children and on and on it goes. Really recontextualizes when in season one, a leader is so easy to offer Dyer up as like someone for porn stash to fuck. Because mm-hmm. obviously that's what she was doing as a kid. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Um, yeah. It isn't a bad way to tie off their stories. This idea we've just watched Dyer go from this innocent person who draws anime into a fucking drug lord inside the prison is an mm-hmm. interesting one. But... I never cared about them that much anyway. No. Tucky. Pens of Tucky. I mean, I don't know how much more there is to say. We've sort of glanced on this so many times already. There is a beautiful hopefulness to her figuring out. Well, she or you know, she's a smart person, just has these sort of I barriers. Really was really enjoying the school stuff. Sure. I really was. I'm like, it, yeah, it was during that period of like, you know, changes are being made and people are, you know, having things to engage with. There is hope. There is purpose. Um, and then when Loose Check 
fucks her over. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck him. Um, it's so upsetting. It's so, so upsetting. And then her choice to then OD. I don't know. I just, I, I thought that finally after seasons of just such a shit storyline, such a shit, shit, shit storyline of her, mm. so poorly done. It was a fucking waste of time, traumatic waste of time for both the character and the viewers. And then finally we get like this bit of hope in the final season. I was like, oh, well, that's nice at least. No, it wasn't. Oh, my God. She just fucking dies. I just like, I was so upset and I know that's the point, but it was just like, really, really? We need more of this? Do I need to see more of this? Well, just let me be. Just please let me be. You seem like you've been, you feel personally attacked. They keep coming after your characters. I I, I am being personally attacked. (laughs) How dare they? I, I kind of feel like it is a fitting end for Tucky's story though. It's just, it. It was always a tragedy in motion at every step of the way, whether she was the villain in season one or whether it was the terrible storylines with the CO fuckhead mm. in the middle section, which was terribly done, agreed. But it's just this, like, nothing can be good for her. And, like, yes, that's depressing, a storyline, but it's like, I kind of would have felt insincere if she just sort of got, yeah, if it was a happy ending for her. I mean, she did pass, but it's just... It wasn't enough. Ultimately, her story, her story had been sabotaged from the from a fucking being a kid. Her dad had completely set her up for failure. I don't like that story. I don't. It's like, not a nice story. And I don't think. But I no, think it's a I true don't. Story. I don't think her fate should have been sealed by that. Uh, it it shouldn't be. But that's the tragedy of it, right? Is that there are people in this world who, unfortunately, they dealt such a bad hand that. That there's just no one escaping. But she had worked that. so hard yeah. to fight it. And it made <laughs> and such huge leaps and bounds. But and that's I reality, just, right? Yeah, but fucking Orange is the New Black is not <coughs> reality. No, but it's making a comment on it. It would have been it would have been disingenuous if we we had to have at least one character like this die, a character we cared about. It was I it was set up all season to be tasty. And then Tasty was never going to die. Do the they already killed Pussy. No, but they were set up to do it, mm. right? That was the setup that made you feel like that was what was going to happen. That's what was leading up to the switcheroo was done on Tucky for it to be Tucky, which is the shock. I of understand it. the story mechanics. I just don't like it. But it's also, I think, it was a was there a deliberate move to not have another black woman die? Well, you can't kill another black woman. No, well, they could have, but they didn't. They specifically chose to make sure it was a white woman. And so I think it wasn't just a story mechanics thing. I think it was a inside their own story trying to make sure they didn't go down that road again. That Tucky was used as a way to avoid doing something that cynical. Does that make sense? To, they did something very cynical by doing that. But, yeah. But do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, they didn't want to cause more black trauma, which they Correct. fucking did with Cor- Pussy. Correct. Which many, many, many people were very angry at, mm-hmm. which is why I say they couldn't have killed another black character. They couldn't have. There's no fucking way in a million years they would have. They could have, They, but they were smart enough not to. They they listened. Yes, and they realised <laughs> they couldn't. Okay, sure, sure, <laughs> sure. Um. Yeah, no, I, I understand it. I yeah. just like I didn't need another 
death. I feel like I'm still recovering from Pussy. The show is still recovering from Pussy. I didn't need another one. I didn't want another one. I thought it was fucking bullshit. I hated it. Do you know what I didn't need? Mm. Ghost Tucky. That that stuff pisses me off They've, so royally. They do I'm it. like, you have upset me so much, so much with this shit. And then you do that. Like, you've already emotionally manipulated me enough. I'm like, okay, you, you got me caring about Pentatarchy from season one. I managed to, like, hold out through fucking years of her being, like, raped and abused. And now you've killed her. And then you do that. Fuck off. It's ridiculous. It's, it's so cheap. It's so tacky. It doesn't work. I fucking hate it. I just can't... For a show that does have a certain sophistication to its storytelling, you know, it's talking about very real and important topics... How they keep doing this specifically... Is she a fucking ghost? It doesn't make any sense. Are there ghosts in this world? Do you remember in the end of season two where I cannot remember the character's name, the old lady that was dying of cancer Mm. breaks out and then turns into a younger self as she's driving away Mm. at the end of season two? Do you remember when we had Poussey look down the fucking barrel of the camera after a flashback Mm -hmm. at the end of episode? This is the sort of shit that- Yeah, that episode after she died. Yeah. Yeah. This is the shit that Orange is the New Black does. They've been doing it for a long time. And it's so weird that they do shit like this. I don't understand how any one doesn't look at that and go don't do that that's a terrible idea who is not who is why is no one standing up and saying this I shit feel like is that a show that like when it's telling a message it takes itself so seriously like it's just like well this is really this is impactful i reckon in moments like that there's everyone's just walking around set going, this is really impactful. This is amazing, This guys. is really this impactful. Is so, was, yeah, that's yeah. the buzzword going around. Impactful. Impactful. This is going to, people are going to feel this moment. <laughs> uh, Suzanne mm. starts off with a really interesting moment. The She has this, like, she questions whether she Things deserves to be in prison, yeah. which I thought was a really great scene. It probably ends up being sort of like, the crescendo of her storyline in a way. The health, mm. the self-awareness and the maturity, yeah. the sort of question, you know, her place in this system that she has sort of believed that cannot be wrong mm-hmm. and maybe question, well, actually, do I deserve to be here? And I really appreciate the mum actually coming out with... Yeah. And saying to her outright, no, you don't deserve to be here. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that scene a lot. And then the rest of the season is spent being Suzanne, Playing having a chickens. bit of like allegory for like... How oh. we treat. <laughs> Just a bit of an allegory, a is it? A bit of an allegory. I must have missed that one. Mm. <laughs> that go over your head, did it? Yeah, it did. It was subtle. So, wait, subtle. why were the chickens there? <laughs> what were they representing? Oh, you know, it was society. <laughs> and then the foreigner comes in yeah. and like. Just represent society and like what goes in society. <laughs> did you miss that? Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I'm glad I got to point that out yeah. for you. Uh, and that's Suzanne. I don't know. Was that enough? I, th- I think like the first part of that, like the. Yeah. Discovering that injustice exists mm-hmm. um, and ha- that it has affected her life was a great moment. Agreed. Um, and I love Laurie Petty, so I'm happy to see her oh, on screen. They were anytime. a really good pairing too. Adorable. Great. It's a lot of scenes with chickens. <laughs> a lot of them. I don't know. I'd, at one point, I was just like, okay, I, I get it. I get the joke. I've heard it many times now. I think I would bring like back so- the magical chicken. They did. I did enjoy that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, maybe they could have done something else with those two. That would have been a bit more interesting. Yeah, they seem to just sort of bail out of having Suzanne have anything else beyond mm. that. But 
you know, it's a packed season. If you want to put Suzanne's sort of conclusion a little earlier and just have fun with it for the rest of the season. Eh? Speaking of Laurie nice. Petty, I just watched for League the millionth time. Own. Yeah, again. It's so good. Really? It's such a good movie. It's su- it's I heard a, you hated that film. It's a perfect film. I heard that you despise that movie more than any well, other. No one should ever watch it. Someone's been lying to you. <laughs> um, no, it is a perfect film. Everyone should go and watch it right now. You've been That's been come up on Twitter a lot. You must be just having a moment with A League of Their Own. Because it just like needs to be stated constantly again, that it's a perfect again, film. Again. Have You've watched it, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Good. Um, yeah, no, everyone should watch it. Uh, Red. Mm-hmm. Another tragedy. <laughs> you don't say. You don't say. Um, it the was... rapid decline of dementia. Mm. <laughs> what a riot. <laughs> oh, no, we had a riot the, a couple of seasons. Season five, oh, yeah. Um, back in, like, and first they sort of get her out of the shoe and then she's like back in the kitchen. You're like, hey, Red's back. Getting a bit of a kitchen yeah. Red's family reunion. That's yeah, when they all go to like the ice kitchen, you're like, oh, cool. Family. And yeah, then we watch the slow decline of, decline of Red to dementia. Um mm-hmm. And, and then we see the slow decline of Lorna, whose baby died. Uh, have I skipped ahead? Not really, because ultimately <laughs> both of these just end up reflecting back on Nikki, which we'll get to. But yeah. yes, Morello. Yeah. So that was a big question for me. Mm. Was th- that that was the, the first time I went, boy, did we really need to go there? Mm. Did we need to have Morello have just had this baby and it dies in its first week of life? Like, was that worth the seasons of her being pregnant and like all that shit within the cell. Seasons of her being pregnant. Yeah. Seriously. Mm, yeah, I know. To get to the point where it's like, oh yeah, the baby died. That's how I feel about Penzaduki. Yeah. Seasons of rape <laughs> and then she fucking dies. Um, I think what they do with Morello uh, after the baby has died in terms of like, Morello has always been a, this delusional character mm-hmm. and they've, she's sort of just got away with her bullshit a lot. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of been amusing at times. Because yeah. no one really cares that tragedy. much about her except for Nikki. And so, yeah, she's just like a bit of a jester. And so to get to this point where she's just pushed mm. over the edge to the point of no return, it seems, is tragic, but also maybe where this was always going. I don't know that there is another way out for her. A bit like how I feel like Pentatucky's thing seemed inevitable to me. I really feel like Morello... There, there is no other option for how her story ends, I don't think, mm. but to end up in Florida. Um, and then both of those stories end up reflecting on Nikki. Wait, wait, wait. How do you feel about Morello accidentally killing those people? Um, do, do we know? She, why did she go into prison in the first place? It was because she broke into that guy's house, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what happened is, so she met those people. Yes. Um, who were getting engaged. Yes. She, I guess... Got blind drunk or blacked out or something. She was walking home. Walking home. Oh, that's sorry. Yes, that's right. She's walking home. She throws a stone at a car. And she they thinks die. that asshole, they die. And then she like steals their life. And then it like attaches that to Christopher. So that's the beginning of her delusion is their oh, story. That right. then's like, that's why she's obsessed with getting married and all that stuff. Got you. Got you. Got you. Got you. I didn't make that connection actually. Um, Yeah. I, yeah, I suppose it's going to start somewhere, that's the right? Thing. I was just like, that's really fucked. I was just like, wow, I didn't think her story w- would get more messed up. Yeah. But apparently it did. Why, let's just keep... Give me more. Pile give me more, up. yeah. How interesting cause, can one person's life be, <laughs> for goodness sake? It's Hey, we've already discussed this. This is not real life. This is a TV That's show. That's true. Anyway, both of this ends up reflecting back on Nikki, yes. who, got to say, um, Natasha Leon 
had a lot to do this season, she at did. least in terms of acting. She had a fun time for a character that disappeared for a season a bit as mm. well. It's nice they found stuff for Nikki to do. Um, the stuff she has with Red, particularly when Red first gets the diagnosis that she has dementia, mm. fucking heartbreaking, incredible yeah, stuff from those two actresses. That shot as well with where sort of it's uh, focused on Red, but in the background, Nikki is sort of reacting as well. Mm. Natasha Leon's tear ducts get a particular <laughs> workout this season as well. There mm. are a lot of tears flowing from that mm-hmm. redhead. Um and I kind of like that story as well, this idea that she's sort of taking up the mantle of red in a way she's going to have. She, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was cool. I think that's pretty fitting. Yep. It's a very tragic uh, way for Red to go. It's a very tragic way for Morella to go. It's a sad story for Nikki, but the idea that she's sort of becoming the mother figure to these other characters mm. is a, I think, yeah. makes a lot of sense for that character. Yeah, not like honouring yeah, her prison mum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean... Are we going to talk about the fact that her girlfriend was sent to Yeah, we could do that Egypt too. Well, this to is be the, murdered? Yeah. So, <sighs> yeah. This is what I was sort of saying where they... Um, I quite like overall the use of the new characters they introduced, mainly the mm-hmm. uh, 2B deportees. Yeah. Because there's not enough time to really, really get to know them. So, we attach them to characters that we care about already. Yes. And we make it work. They are... Add add to mm-hmm. existing storylines rather than take away from it, mm-hmm. and so simultaneously we've got this storyline where Nikki's feeling like she's been distracted by this other woman who mm-hmm. she builds a connection with, which is a tragic in its own right. But then this woman is going to be sent back to Egypt and murdered. Yes, what pers- what a perspective! <laughs> Between a rock and a hard place. Good lord. Um, I like that character a lot. I like their scenes together. I really enjoyed their dynamic. I yeah, thought it was so sweet and beautiful. Mm. And Nikki was being so lovely and tender and I just like was in love and then it ended horribly. But until then, it was a great ride. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I liked all that stuff I did with Nikki. I think it was, yeah, it was a good place for the whole, that storyline to wrap up. That's what I really want to get to here. Do you feel like it was, this is a good way to conclude their storylines? Do you feel satisfied with like, this is how we define the Nikki storyline, that ultimately it's a story of, her becoming the mother figure that she's always needed out of red. Like she's not just I think it's great. Grown out of her dependence on drugs, she's grown into someone who can other people can depend upon. Mm-hmm. Fucking great storyline yeah. for Nikki, ultimately, as tragic as it is. Gloria. Do we know Gloria had two girls? Do we know that before this season? I can't remember. It's been fifteen billion years since we started. I've always thought Gloria is one of my favourite characters. I've love I love a scene with Gloria in it. Mm-hmm. It's always just you know she's gonna be, you know, that fiery Gloria. What a, she's just the fucking best. Um, ultimately, what's her story? She gets out. She, she does. well, she fesses up to uh, the having phone, the phone, and then loose check, and then loose check. His. Loose check takes one because he's a fucking prick. Mm-hmm. Um, Piece I, of shit. I kind of like that though because loose check has always sort of been on that line of like the bad guy but the goofball, and you kind of mm. like you know he's just the fucking drop kick that like doesn't care, but. And because of that, people's lives get fucked up. And that's the... I yeah. like they tipped over the edge and like showed mm. just how much that being the dropkick yeah. who doesn't care and tries to I mean, he already did that to uninvolved. Nikki. Like, he did. He fucked her over, yeah. But they're just, just like kicks, mm. really tips over the edge um, for Luzchek. I th- yeah. thought was a fitting way to end his character. What a fuckhead. Yeah. Uh, I loved, yeah, the, the guard that was friends with Pensataki just realising, like, what a shithead he is. Like, when they're taking out Pentaduckie's body. Yeah, And he's yeah. just standing there. He's like, fucking help. Like, yeah. Mm. And then, I don't know, I don't have much else to say for Gloria. I think, in a way, 
Oh, I mean, I loved. It's just like a testament to how fucking awesome Glory is. Like how willing she was to help everybody. Oh, true. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she's in- incredibly brave and like very easily could have just been like, no, 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 not me, not me, not me. And she wanted to, but she thought she knew that it was an important thing to do. I guess this is kind of my point when I say that, like, you're saying, you know, it's a miserable sort of season with a lot of, like, unhappy mm. endings. Gloria has one of the happiest endings in the show. It's great. She does it. the right thing. She does the right thing. She does the right thing. There are no consequences. She gets out. Yeah. That's the happiest storyline we get. It's also one of the least remarkable because of it. Like, I put it low on my list here because it's like, there's a lot, a lot to comment on. Gloria gets what she deserves, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yay. Yeah. But, like, that doesn't, that's not a memorable ending for Gloria. Do you know what I mean? Like, Gloria's one of my favorite characters, and I've, Take me this long to talk about her and have anything meaningful to say. I mean, it's a, it's a meaningful ending to me. I okay. mean, because I, I love Gloria and I wanted I wanted that for her. Yep. And she got it. Yeah, I don't need everyone to get exactly what I want for them all mm-hmm. the time. I just don't want everyone to die or be raped or tortured. I think that's mainly just Tucky though. Probably, yeah. <laughs> she was you know, all three of those. Yep. She was. Remember when that guy, oh no, that was Maritza, made her eat the mouse? Remember that? Oh, fucking hell. This show, man. Like, fucking hell. Yeah, go on. Let's keep moving. Uh, Maria. Uh, mm-hmm. I, one of my favorite lines was in Gloria ta- called her uh, a nine, nine cent store Maria. Thank you. Like, it was like, the Barbie is- Maria, so funny. So I true. wrote that down immediately. I'm like, that's fucking hilarious. What version of Maria are we going to get today? Hilarious. Because it's yeah. like, I'm not sure whether the writers just realized they'd written a lot of versions of Maria or whether that was always intended to be the character. It was like, true that. A hundred percent. How many fucking versions of this woman have we got along the way? Ridiculous. Um, I did like sort of the chickens coming home home to roost from the riot. Like, she had to have that confrontation that moment with Dixon, mm-hmm. who's not a good guy. Like, we found out some pretty fucking dark secrets about this guy yeah. back when he was hanging out with Pensatucky and the other dickhead. Um, what did I call him? Uh, you called him fuckhead before. No, Is no, no. It? I had a better line for him. Redneck Hugo Weaving. That's right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Um, mm. And then the, the ending with, like, the daughter and or the coming to that arrangement with the who's not actually the father of a child but he doesn't yeah. know that mm. um oh i want that man to just be happy forever he's so lovely yeah and new maria yeah maria's stuff was fine it was fine i mean i i lost interest in maria because i didn't know who she was quite a sure. long time ago so that's always been an issue and while i appreciate the line i was like writers you t- yes well done you made the joke but also you're just commenting on your own bad just writing. Just because you call out yeah. your own bad thing doesn't, doesn't make it. make it not bad. Yeah. Sure. We've talked about Caputo plenty. Do you have anything to say about Fig at all? Who gets a reasonable amount to do this season? I just don't want to see either of them on my TV. I just find them boring. Next. I just can't believe we keep going back to this joke of them just like being super horny and fucking in the How office How many the times time. we have to see them have sex? <laughs> it's so... And there's never any foreplay. <laughs> At all. She must be dry as a fucking bone because that's how a woman's body works. He is jamming <laughs> his his dick into her completely dry vagina. Isn't it like a soda can? Is that the hell I Yes. Do? There's no fucking way that feels good at all. Ridiculous. Get it off my TV. Thank you. I just think at some point you got to recognize- That's how you have sex? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That you just got to recognize at some point that- like. 
Okay, actually, this is my real question. Is there someone who loves this dynamic? Like, is there a part of this audience, this fan base, that's like, I fucking love watching the Bruno and Fig have sex because there is so much of it and they keep going out to that well. You know what? What? Before I said men who might be me too, if you will, aren't watching this show, I think that's, if they are, they're watching it for those scenes. Let me tell you. Good Lord. Because that's what they think sex is. Did you... You make a disgusting comment and a woman bends over and you just shove your dick in her. Did... Don't have sex like that, people. Unless you both want to, then go for it. Well I done, mean, you. Maybe... Warm the engine first, though. You know what I mean? Um, what about the fig uh, helping that woman to have, have an abortion? abortion? Cool. I don't know. It feels like like a last minute redemption story. Yeah, I get I get why they're doing it, but I'm like, she's still working there. Like, but then I like you also think like, well, if she quits, there's probably gonna be someone worse. But she's got no power there anyway. I don't know. Don't fucking work for ice. It's probably the rule of thumb. So I think we're nearly done. The Mm. one character, I think the one character we haven't talked about. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is Ward. The Warden, mm, yes, who is a she's not a new inclusion. She was introduced last season, um, but is you know propelled into this role of power. Um, what did you just make of that? Her character, I guess. First of all, what are they trying to say? Um, there's a lot of cynicism behind her being hired, obviously, mm-hmm. but she seems to be the right person for the role. If you're interested in the prison getting better, mm. did you like her inclusion? Did you like even the performance? When you ask me, what are they trying to say? Do you know what they're trying to say? I mean, Do you um, have a thesis on this? No. I mean, the, the thesis with Ward is like, what happens if you actually put someone who gives a shit in mm. that role? And we see, see that it's good, saying, yeah, but yeah. it doesn't mean shit to the people above them. I mean, yeah. it's not a complex mm. thing. But I just want your overall yeah. feelings, I guess. Yeah, I think it was nice to see someone who comes in in a leadership role that is able to cultivate personal relationships mm-hmm. um, and that that is then echoed down with the people below them and how much that creates an entirely different environment mm-hmm. um it, and it was also nice for tacy to be able to see someone who was the who's doing things that she had asked them to do for so long um i, I really enjoyed their dynamic i thought that was it was just nice for tacy to have someone she doesn't have she doesn't have anyone at all now um and i yeah and i the stuff with the interview her fucking nailing it everyone just assuming that she got it because she was a diversity hire, which she was, mm-hmm. but she, from what we saw, most competent as well. Definitely. Um, and she fucking did a great job. Not perfect because the system is flawed and that dumbass put drugs Hellman. up a chicken's butthole. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I liked her character. I think it was, it was nice, a nice breath of fresh. I guess the only thing I wish they'd done. This is not really mm. criticism of this season. I kind of wish we'd spend a little bit more time with her pre-becoming mm. the warden because all we really know, knew her was was the Tasty's friend, friend. who was a guard, was mm-hmm. a CO. Yeah. And we didn't really get any, I don't remember at least, getting any impression that I think things could be done differently around here and having that ambition to do that and like yeah. all those sorts of things. She kind of just felt like a lot of the time like she was way out of her depth. Mm. And like that is a part that was a choice that was being made there, mm-hmm. um, and I suppose that makes sense when they've rushed her into this role to, yeah. to get to this point. But I, I do kind of wish we'd built up a little bit more time with her beforehand, so I cared I more about her being yeah. there. I think it was obviously but, like a big kind of 
plot point, a, a thrust mm. of the plot, that, so they had to get there quickly. I was yep. like, would have been great if this had been a plan in season yeah. six to kind of plant those Built seeds. Up to this. It's clearly something that was brought up in the season seven writing room, and yeah. they're like, yeah, cool idea, which it was, but it's just unfortunate. Even with thirteen and a half hours, couldn't possibly have, you know. Warmed us up. Do you agree with me in my review or do you have a different take that this is the first time that 13 and a half hours, 13 episodes at an hour long each might have actually been the right amount of time? No. You didn't feel that way? The first time- It was fine and it was filled with stuff, but they don't need 13 and a half hours. They don't need it. I thought it was really well paced this season. It was much, it was much, much, much better than last season and a lot of other seasons in yeah. that regard. I do 100% agree with you, but it's still too long. Good Lord. It's so long. Any last words? Final thoughts. That's why you always leave a note. Some side notes. We got a new theme song arrangement for the we last did. episode. Oh, I enjoyed that. It's a gr- sure. They're great opening titles. I do watch the opening titles and I usually don't for shows. I skipped them a couple of times because every episode was an hour, but mm. most of the time I watched them yeah, all the way through. I'm not a psychopath. I didn't do it for every episode. Good Lord. Uh, the very end credits, they have all of the actresses and actors sort of having their final scene, so saying goodbye. That- How did you feel about that? I, I actually was surprisingly affected by it. it. It did feel like a point of finality and there mm. was... Yeah, I, I, I probably helped that I was a lot happy yeah. with the season. I you think were. like I did. Like mm. I was like, this is nice, but I it felt weird. I was like, this should be like a YouTube special thing. They, well, they, there was those two. I, I did guess. watch them. Yeah. I went and watched them after that. So maybe it did work. But I was just like, this, it, I don't know. It felt strange to go from these characters to these actresses. The actors. I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, fair enough. Um, we had a lot of returning characters, at least making minor cameos. Yes, I got a Brought side note back on that. Some old mm-hmm. favourites, mm-hmm. uh, including Judy King. They somehow made that storyline a little King. bit relevant. Mm. Like I was like, oh, there was a point to that. Maybe that was clever <laughs> of them to do that. Did you like? So we saw Watson, for instance. We saw the Ohio prison. We saw a bunch of our characters have been missing since the end of the riot season. I forgot Watson existed. Yeah, I know. I'd forgotten a lot of those characters existed because <laughs> sure. we'd spent so time so long away from them. I loved Watson. I was really sad they got rid of Watson when they did. No, I never liked her. Oh. Um, did were there any notable absences for you? Because there was one that stood out to me. Oh, we didn't see Boo all season. We saw her in a side flash sideways something like that last season. We didn't see her this season. Yeah, we, yeah, we see at the end. Boo when is we see Boo there. Watson. Yeah, that was one of my side notes. She's I there. Where? I didn't see her. She's in the a, a, a group shot and she's sitting and she's, yeah, she's talking to everyone. She's with um Yoga Jones oh, and stuff. I totally didn't see Boo. I yeah, saw, no, she was there. I saw Yoga Jones and I saw uh, Gina and like, but I did not see Boo. She was there, my friend. Because, yeah, they're all sitting there with Alex. Yeah, I remember that. I just remember seeing Boo. Um. Yeah, but has, I, she, has, has she gotten even thinner somehow in between <laughs> seasons? So much I didn't recognize her. <laughs> yes, that's it. That Brad. worm she got yeah, from the lake was, is yeah. really, was, really going down. <laughs> forgot about that, yeah. Um, no, that was my. So bad. <laughs> ridiculous. Um, no, my note for that was like, Boo should have been told about Pensataki. I was like, that was an important relationship. Oh, Alex yeah. probably should have told her. Yeah, mm. totally. That's true. Mm. That was your side note. Yeah, I've got, I've got two more. Go for it, please. Cool. Uh, just a line that I really enjoy. It's a, someone saying it about Maritza. Mm. Um, they describe her as uh, she looks like that girl from Glee, but with sharper lines. Yes, which I thought was very <laughs> perfect. And my other side note, it's not particularly about this season, but it's about overall. Sure. For me, 
the chicken episode is still the best fucking episode. God, it's so long ago I can barely remember it. Still makes me laugh. I'll have to go back and watch it again. It's like we binged those five seasons or something like oh, that like one monsters. after the other. That was a stupid move. That was so dumb. Um, this is what we do for your listeners. <laughs> Not anymore. Drive ourselves and say never again. Hashtag never again. Uh, <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> it's getting late. Uh, and yeah, I could barely remember individual episodes along the way at all from earlier seasons. Because there's so many ongoing storylines uh, yeah, and stuff. It's like, hard to yeah, remember individual episodes, but the chicken episode. Is that only one episode? Chicken episode, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Because the one that was like a multi-episode arc or something <laughs> like that. A <laughs> uh, couple more side notes for you. Mm-hmm. Orange is the New Black, still definitely a sci-fi. Brexit gets mentioned. Prince's death gets mentioned. <laughs> oh, the time travel thing. It is ridiculous. <laughs> This universe they exist in, I still believe that Litchfield is a pocket dimension where time runs slower and the rest of the world mm. goes on without them. 18 months there is like. Oh, I need to go back. Because in the first episode, when Piper is first going into prison, she says, Oh, by the time I get out, there's going to be however many new iPhones. Yeah. So I want to go back, see how many she said, and count how many iPhones have actually. Not been. just count many how, how many iPhones has actually been. How many are in the fucking prison? <laughs> For a maximum security prison, there are more phones in there than ever were in Litchfield minimum. It's ludicrous. I mean, they've probably got just better suppliers because they're more connected to the underworld. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how prison works. Did you? We've watched this for seven seasons. You don't know how prison works. No, because I've been watching. Did this you show learn nothing? <laughs> Uh, did you notice they had to ADR Fig in one episode? The episode where she's on the phone and she's trying to get a mom uh, leave for some of the women so they can pray or whatnot. Right, yeah. If you look at her mouth, she is not saying a mom. What's she saying? I have no idea, but it's not a mom. And she said it three times and every time they just like Imam. roughly overdub Imam. whatever her mouth is actually saying. Mm. Like. Every single, there's like three they or four times. They must have got it wrong and then had to correct I it. I think it was wrong yeah. or they were like, they realized that the timing of it would be right because we know they're coming up to like winter, right? Snow has been Pennsylvania, which you know, call back to the end of season one as well. With, uh, yeah. That scene. Uh, mm, that's a good scene. Yeah, it is a Terrifying. good scene. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, they, I, I wonder they just realized it was the wrong time of year. Like they were saying Ramadan or something like that or I don't right. know. And they're like, oh, that's actually not, couldn't possibly be true and... Uh, I didn't notice, no. Also, last thing before we get to least favorite and favorite episodes, the Pusay Washington Fund is a real thing. Real-life crowdsourcing campaign set up by Netflix mm-hmm. and the Orange is the New Black creators. The initiative is raising money for eight different pre-existing non-profit groups with the funds race split equally between them. That's pretty fucking cool of a show to yeah. leave a legacy like that. Um, so, yeah, definitely look into that mm-hmm. uh, if you're in the United States. Least favorite and favorite episode. What was your least favorite episode to mask? Why do I even ask? Yeah, it's going to be episode one. It's so weird. It's so, I don't. I've been looking forward to talking about this. I don't understand episode. why. Why it's happening. I don't. <laughs> the logic is. And I was so afraid. And I've spoken to other people about this. They've been like, oh, have you watched Orange is New Black? And you say something like, yeah, I have. They're like, oh, I watched the first episode. Turned it off. Couldn't do it. They're like, what happened? I'm like, don't Just keep watching. Don't worry. They don't. Because I, I said, I'm like, oh, is it the voiceover stuff? They're like, yeah. I'm like, it stops. I don't know why it happened either, but just keep going. It's <laughs> I so I don't know why weird. it happened. 
it, it was, I was watching it with Steph, my girlfriend, and Liam, my brother. And like Liam exited the house and Steph got up and started washing the dishes that I was meant to do. They were so like, what the <laughs> fuck is this shit? Like they actively chose to be anywhere else yeah. doing anything else than watch the show. It is like we were talking about how they have those weird moments where they do something really corny or cheesy. Mm. And like it was one of that moment, but an entire episode. It was so, so strange. strange. Starting with the voiceovers, obviously, right? Yeah. I was trying to justify it in my head. At first, I thought it was because at the very beginning of season one, mm-hmm. we have like a voiceover from Piper yep. talking about her experience. She likes getting clean. Yeah. So I thought it was that because mm-hmm. it starts off with Piper, right? Yep. And I was like, oh, that's what they're doing. And then other people started doing it. I'm like, well, now I just don't know what you're doing. But she's like doing it and like reacting to what people are saying. Like it's an inner monologue. It's like scrubs. And then it's so weird. And then Alex does it. Yeah. They're the only two characters that do it for most mm. of it. And then I'm like, Okay, guys, I figured it out. I, I can explain this. They're writing letters to each other, right? Alex writes to her. She mm. writes back. This is them like writing about their days to each other. That's what it's going to end up being. I love it's, how hard your brain works it's sometimes. Corny it's corny and shit, but mm. at least it'll have a reason. Nope. No. <laughs> it was not that. And like, then all of a sudden we're listening to all the inner voices of all these other women in the prison, which just makes no sense to me that you would do this. You've spent six seasons and now this seventh season getting to know how these women think inside this prison. You do not need to literally give us their inner thoughts mm. and inner workings. Bizarre. This is so weird. It's such a and shit choice. never done it before. Never. Never done it before. Never. Why do First it now? First episode of your last season. Why? This is kind of why, like, I would never do this. But I kind of want to like purchase season seven on DVD to see if it has a direct director's commentary. And <laughs> I want to understand the logic. I really yeah. do. I need to know what was going on there. But not just that. We also had this bizarre flashback of Piper and Polly, which then it cuts to Piper inside the restaurant that she's now working mm. on. And she's looking out the window and they've superimposed a still image of Piper and Polly on the window that she's looking out through. And it looks awful. And it's like, guys, I get it. That she's just thinking. She's reminiscing. She's reminiscing. But then she goes to visit her dad and she looks at a photo in a frame that's of her when she was a kid. And they have to do this weird like time lapse thing where they show her like getting older in the same fo- poses in the same photo to remind you that, oh, that's her when she was a young. That's when she was young, Piper. I don't even remember that, that bit. I must have blocked it out. Oh, my God. <laughs> I had this terrible music behind it. I was like, this is if this is how this show ends, this is fucking... <laughs> We are in for a ride. Dead set. Mm. One of the worst episodes of the show I'm has ever produced. I'm glad it got so much better for you that you came from this place of devastation and it just went up. I, just, I was just like, fuck. This is... Because <laughs> people were telling me just it got better. Fuck. <laughs> just fuck. Mm. What was your favourite episode, Damask? I think it was probably the last one. Okay. And it's just nice to know where everyone was. Even though this is the episode of Pentatucky has a ghost. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's perfect, baby. <laughs> Fuck, that's so funny. <laughs> no, I think I just needed it to be over, and I was, and I no, I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> that no, is quite fair. funny. Um, no, I was just, I was ready to say goodbye, and I'm, I'm glad I know what happened to everybody, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of the endings of the stories, I, I really appreciated, and I thought were great. So I'm gonna go with yeah, that one. Uh, I 
I can't. It can't be episode thirteen for me because I think it's a little bit. It it does start to get a little bit self indulgent in like its endings. It just wallows a little bit mm, too long. Yeah, stretches it a little bit too far. I up think I need the sweet relief at that point. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's something. Uh, and it had Ghost Tucky episode ten. <laughs> Ghost Tucky. <gasps> that's such a good like Halloween costume. <laughs> Ghost, Ghost Tucky. <laughs> just like paint your face white and your hands white, and then just wear a little hoodie. Okay. No one steal that from me, thank you. <laughs> it's Halloween. It's a really simple costume yeah, too. It's great. Just make a little badge yeah. and like, oh yeah, you can totally do that. Uh, episode ten, the thirteenth, which is the Alex flashback episode. Not necessarily for the Alex Alex flashbacks, but mm-hmm. that wasn't bad. Um, the first we see Porry and they have the interaction in oh, the yeah, restaurant. That was, good. that was surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. Didn't hate seeing Porry again. Um, I just got a sense the season was coming into focus at this point, mm. both with its what message. Number, uh, episode ten. Yep. Episode ten, the thirteenth. The thirteenth is the name of the That's episode. Annoying. It's about the thirteenth chicken that they find in the right. that important integral storyline. I think it's the, about the thirteenth amendment as well. What's the thirteenth amendment? Um, I, it's a documentary about it. I'm going to slaughter it, and everyone's going to hate me. It's about. Look, please let me Google it because it's about. No, no. Like you, I want to hear. I want to hear your recollection it's, of it. Oh, okay. What's the thirteenth? Thirteenth um, Amendment. Um, <laughs> it's what makes the American prison system so terrible. Gotcha. It's like modern day slavery. Oh, what the actual amendment is, I don't know. That's cool. So I, I sound like an idiot. No, no, you look that up now. I understand where you're going with it, at least. Uh, yeah, the season's coming to focus. Maria had that confrontation with her victim in Guard Dixon. Um, a good explanation of why someone would self-harm with McCullough. Uh, the Alita uh, stuff where she started... Is that where she started beating up on the... I feel like that was the episode where... No, it couldn't be that late. But Alita's stuff was just tragic at that point, I mm. think. Suzanne's stuff was fun with the chickens, I guess. Um, the heartbreaking scene of Red being diagnosed with dementia... Um, that was in there and the Caputo bit where he like had that moment of like the victim, like you're not listening mm, moment yeah. where the me too thing. Mm-hmm. And like, I was like, oh, Caputo actually might have a purpose. That's n- not mm. complete bullshit this season. Yeah. That'll happen this episode. Oh. So for me, that was just like a great episode. Nice. Also, you can keep that in cause I was totally fucking right. Oh, well done. It's, uh, neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as a punishment for crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted. Wow. There you go. I nailed it. Con- congrats. So well proud of done. myself. I'm Thank proud you. of you too. Thank you. Overall feelings on Orange is the New Black now that's done. What, what are we sort of left with? What are your feelings at this point? If you consider as a whole mm. seven seasons worth, it's all over and done with. What are you left with? Um, I, I've got a huge amount of love for it in my heart because mm-hmm. it really kind of like – I mean, I watched the show before Australia had Netflix. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it was a billion years ago. And I loved it. And it kind of like, it really was the beginning of something. Mm-hmm. So, it's special in that way for me. That's the legacy for yeah. you, you think? As for like, you know, the show, the story itself, it got lost in the woods for me, I think. Um, and I always wanted it to be as good as the first season. But I fell in love with so many of the characters, such great performances, so many women that I otherwise probably would never have had the opportunity to see work. Um, yeah. I'd, it's I'd, a big question. Yeah. I'd, I don't know if I would recommend it 
two women. I think I if I did, it would be with a huge like. I get the feeling you at least recommend warning. season one. I would recommend season one. I would have a huge warning just to let them know it's it, there is a lot of trauma. It's mm-hmm. about trauma, um, and just to be wary of that, and probably not to binge it. <laughs> yeah. Would be my advice. Is like I think a lot of these seasons I would have enjoyed more if I could have had some time with them. Maybe. I think we've made recently. We've been forcing ourselves less often, forcing ourselves yes. to binge seasons. I know that was the premise of this podcast, but it is not a healthy way to consume this content. No. Uh, I think it's but we've been better for it. Um, yeah, I, I'm in a similar boat. I think the legacy of the show is this huge ensemble cast of women. is brilliant. The issues it's raising are really important. I think overall it's highs. There's enough highs there to recommend it to a lot of people. Mm. Um, yeah, it's... I mean, re- it was one of Netflix's first big shows too. For a long time, it was their most watched show. It's still one of their most watched mm. shows. I think Stranger Things probably taken over from that now. Um, it's their longest running show by a long way. That's mm-hmm. a huge deal as a streaming service as well. It's won multiple awards. Yeah. Like It's got a quite a big legacy in terms of its place in mm. history Yeah, absolutely. as we've transitioned into this age of streaming TV. So that's a big deal as well. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's an important show. I guess I probably admire it for its ambition, more than necessarily it's craft from moment to moment. Do you know what I mean? It didn't always have me hooked in, Mm -hmm. but there was enough there that I'm glad I watched it. Um, I think I learned a lot from it in that sense. It's an important show if it was never really a great show all up, if that makes sense. Mm We've talked about five-star seasons in the past. Our biggest contender for that at the moment probably being BoJack Horseman, assuming it continues to be good. How would you rate Orange is the New Black as a whole as out of five whole. stars? Oh, can I just get my like median score? Yeah, have to think about it. <laughs> I think, I'm give it, I think I'd give it a 3.5, personally. I'm just looking at my ratings. Um, I think mine would be a 3.5 as well. Nearing a four, sure. Is that's that's See, what that's the ca- that's what the calculation is <laughs> with my other ratings. If we're just going off serious mathematics, mathematics, it's a a three point seven five. I think, but I think for me, it would be a three point five show. I think like that sits between somewhere between decent and excellent. I think hmm. like edging towards excellent as a whole. If you take it. Yeah, for what it's yeah, that's the thing. It's like it was never a great show, but it had a great impact in some ways, yes. I guess. And there's so a three point five, I think, fits for me. I think mm-hmm. that's definitely worth your time. This isn't a classic, though. Uh, would you be interested in returning if there was a reunion down the road? Um, I say this because I feel like it's set up in show. Nikki talking about getting the band uh, back together is the if show's it's in way. In like twenty years, sure, yeah. It's the show's way of keeping the option open for a union season somewhere in the line. At least that's why I felt at the time. Yeah. However, there has been news. No. Lionsgate TV Group chairman Kevin Beggs told reporters that the independent studio is mulling a potential sequel to the series. Quote. 
We're really proud of the long run that Orange is the New Black has had. The exec- so now we're going to ruin it. The exec said during an earnings call. It remains one of Netflix's most, most watched shows. We're ending on a high note. Keep in mind, we own the series and we'll be distributing it for years to come. We're already in discussions. And when the timing is right, we'll talk, talk further with Genji about a potential sequel. Sources close to Lionsgate TV say that the studio and Cohen have been ongoing have had ongoing discussions about a potential follow-up to Orange is the New Black for some time, but caution nothing is an immediate uh, is immediately in the works. This comes from the article Orange is the New Black Lionsgate in discussions for potential sequel via Leslie Goldberg at the Hollywood no, no, Reporter. No, 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 Because I wanted a reunion to see where all these actresses are in the future. Sure. That's the only reason I would watch it. It's for the women on screen who are involved. So, if there was a sequel series, Purple is the New Orange, you would not be interested in that? Absolutely fucking not. No way. Is there any... Like, if they're going to do a sequel series, right? Mm. Theoretically, I mean, you could just do the thing and go to a different prison somewhere else, right? Or go to a different country and have a look at their prison system or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting idea. I could maybe get behind... Just watch Wentworth. <laughs> yeah, you could just watch Wentworth, sure. Um, do... Are there any characters at all that, like, right now you'd be interested in following? Like, enough to... Not in this world, no, because I know it's just going to be... what. So, the character I love, and it continues on, what the fuck are they going to do to them? Absolutely not. I don't want to see that. Hey, well, we could investigate Tucky in Ghost World. <laughs> all right, now, if that's the hook, I'm in. I'm in. She's haunting Litchfield. <laughs> Her and while the characters have died in the prison, V. No, she's a little bit Pusay. <gasps> what if it's all but the no, ghosts of Litchfield? No, because we see Panzatucky leave the prison. She walks away. So she's. I think it's a no, road trip no, ghost movie. That's how it starts, right? They. It's she's walking. That's how the see the show starts. Mm. Panzatucky's ghost mm-hmm. appears, all puts right, her hood it. on, yep. puts hands in. She goes to walk away. We see her fade mm-hmm. away, and then we hear ow. Oh. And it's like she comes back in and she can't leave. She's still in prison. She cannot escape. Even in the afterlife, she cannot escape Litchfield. She is stuck there to haunt Litchfield for the rest of her days. And she slowly breaks down the industrial prison complex as a ghost. As a ghost. She possesses <gasps> right. like inanimate mm-hmm. objects mm-hmm. to make mm-hmm. this happen, mm-hmm. starting with a mm-hmm. stapler or like a pen where she forges someone's signature. The president comes to the prison for a photo shoot. <laughs> She takes over his body and from then on says, everyone in prison is now free. Bam. Everyone in prison is now free. That's the end of that show. Everybody gets pardons. Every prison everyone. in the United everyone. States gets pardoned. Yes. And then she's left to roam the halls by herself because no one is prison anymore. No, then she goes to just, heaven because she's uh, like completed her purpose. So that's how this ends. Yeah. So the whole series is just somehow getting the president to come to Litchfield mm-hmm. so she can possess him mm-hmm. or her and then... Pardon everybody, yep. and then she can yep. move on to the next life. Done. Fuck, I'd watch that. All right. Wow. Thank you so much for listening to this episode <laughs> of Hunting Seasons. You can find more of what we do and brilliant ideas for series like this exactly. via our website, huntingseasonspodcast.com. Our logo and design work comes from Sean Kirkpatrick, a.k.a. at Shawnee Boy Draws, and our theme song and bumpers from Lucas Heil of Birthday Loyalty Club. Find links to their works in our show notes. You can also find myself, Broderick Gordis, on Twitter at bgordis, B-G-O-R-D-E-S, Damask. 
You can find me on Twitter at MaskyMoo, M-A-S-K-Y-M-O-O. Uh, next episode, we'll be back to discuss The Handmaid's Tale Season 3. There may be an off-topic hot topic Thank in between now and God, then. God, I need an upbeat show. <laughs> I really need that break. Thanks, we should plan a comedy after <laughs> Handmaid's Tale. We should definitely find something <sighs> in between. Uh, just to just, you know, freshen the palate, mm, I think. Yep. We need to start again. Yep, yep, in yep. the mean, Get the serotonin levels back up. In the meantime... Thank you again for listening. We will see you next time. Bye for now. Bye. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.